Someone said, why does everyone want to look like a bike seat? And it kind of ruined my life. Greetings and salutations and welcome to Hacker Slash. If you're joining us again, welcome back. Does somebody want to be my Valentine? If this is your first time listening, welcome to the party. We are a horror movie review podcast dedicated to telling you whether a movie is a hack Total joke, waste of time, or a slash. Totally killer, pun intended. We believe horror is for everyone, and as such, we're rating these movies with a perspective we've all gained from our varying walks of life and the flavors of fear we fancy most. My name is Chris, I'm your friendly neighborhood slasher enthusiast. This week I'm joined by the gore lover Alexis. Hey everyone. The cowardly creeper Ryan. Hiya. And the scream queen Paris. I'd rather be boiled alive. Love is in the air, folks, and while Mac is off this week to plan his upcoming wedding, we decided we'd take some time to bask in our love for you, or for horror if you're not into us. Now, if you'd rather be anti-Valentine's Day, we've got you covered with a film that paints the holiday red with revenge. Before we break some hearts, though, we have some follow-up. We do have some follow-up, Chris, and it is a very shocking follow-up, if I do say so myself. My friends, I have a question for you. What do The Silence of the Lambs and Wrong Turn have in common? They're both universal slash. That is absolutely right. Both mm. with our team and our listeners on the polls. Wow. Nice. nice. I don't know that there's any other possible connection between these two movies. I'm sure somebody's going to insert them into like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, probably. But <laughs> what incredible reputations for these very different movies to have. Yeah, somehow there we couldn't find anybody that disliked Wrong Turn. And if you're listening to this and you dislike it, please let us, let us know. Call into the hotline, leave us a comment or something because you're underrepresented because everyone loves Wrong Turn. I would like to admit I fully wasn't excited that we were doing Wrong Turn and I still haven't seen Wrong Turn and I have like a negative connotation with it. And evidently I'm the the one making the mistake here. So I guess I need to watch it. Yeah, you're going to have to because we are covering the new Wrong Turn coming up in February. Oh, great. It'll be for my birthday. <laughs> we have a couple comments from our listeners. Anna on Facebook said, this movie is so nostalgic for me. I was 12 when it released. We definitely had this movie on DVD, and it always reminded me of an X-Files episode called Home. It was the only episode to be given a TVMA rating. This movie is a slash for me simply for nostalgia and Eliza Dushku. Eliza Dushku is an automatic slash, always. Yeah, the string of continuity through all of these slashes is Eliza Dushku. Uh, She definitely makes that movie so memorable. We have another comment from Jason, who said, Such a late 90s, early 2000s horror film, there's always something charming about these films. They aren't regular watches for me, but I'm not going to turn it off. Half a slash for me. Out here rationing slashes. Classy guy. (laughs) We have another comment from our patron, Daniel, who said, I bought my ticket to go see the new one. This movie is very nostalgic, and as a kid, I always thought it was the greatest horror movie. Watching it now, I think it's very basic and entertaining. Still a good movie, and the best scene is the tree scene. Very unrealistic, but fun to watch. Also, shout out to you for buying tickets for movie theaters, bro. I know. (laughs) I was like, I didn't know the upcoming one was going to have that. You're going to have that ability, but that's pretty cool to go to a movie theater right now. (laughs) Yeah. The new wrong turn was only in theater for like one or two nights. And we actually have one of our other patrons, Zach, who reached out earlier today and let me know how excited he was and gave like a quick review of the film. We'll be sharing that when we record the new episode, but he's very excited. For sure. I'm excited. It's got our dude uh, Damien in it. So it should be a fun watch. Yeah, I saw the message on Instagram and his review of it has me more excited to watch it. So thank you for that, Zach. 
Uh, we finally have one comment from our friends Nova Cascade who said, better than the thing? Hell no. And that is a <laughs> personal drag on me that I accept. <laughs> yeah. Parrish, you got to send us some boiling hot water over that. Listen, these are my takes and my takes alone. My opinions are not reflective of the Hacker Slash team as a whole. They cannot be held liable for anything that I say on this podcast. Truly. <laughs> and that is our follow-up. Well, speaking of wrong turn, in that film, we saw Jeremy Sisto fall prey to some West Virginian arrows. But he actually came close to Cupid's arrow when he was considered for a role in another slasher a few years prior. In 2001, we saw a film that was credited as being based on a Tom Savage novel. A story about a secret admirer sending cryptic, threatening valentines to a woman he's become obsessed with. And yes, he's killed before. When producer Dylan Sellers had the opportunity to option the rights to that novel, he did so but literally only for the title. Now, instead of Tom Savage's story, audiences watched a film that follows a group of women being stalked and hunted in an elaborate revenge plot carried out by a boy who was wronged by them in their youth. This week, we're talking about Valentine. Now, who's seen this one before? Nope, but it seems like a movie I've seen, though. (laughs) Yes, it seems like... I know what you did last summer. Also Terror Train. (laughs) Yeah. Also Prom Night. (laughs) Everything from the same, uh, like, five-year section. Yeah, the the cover of this is so recognizable, but I've never seen it, nor have I even heard of it, surprisingly. I know. Yeah, same. I've never heard of this, and I've never seen it. But like Alexis, this did feel very familiar. Um, It is possible that I may have, like, flipped through the channels at one point and seen... Uh, a specific scene that takes place with Denise Richards, but it is also equally possible that I might be confusing a scene from Urban Legend. Urban Legend is another classic 90s slasher that I absolutely love. Alexis, I'm surprised you haven't seen this, though. Yeah, I'm surprised I haven't, too, because, you know, I love this time frame in horror, so um, I'm really surprised. But I don't know, even if it seems familiar, I feel like you can't go wrong with these sort of movies. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a safety net. It's nice, it's comfortable, it's not challenging, it's just there. Yes, exactly. In in my life right now, challenging uh, movies I do not want to (laughs) watch. I saw this movie back when it first came out, and I actually haven't thought about it much since. Every once in a while, I'm reminded of it and think like, oh, yeah, Denise Richards, David Boreanaz. That was a fun one. Okay. But that's literally the extent of it. To be clear, I was 11 when this thing came out. As the last time I watched it, it's been 20 years since I saw this movie. Ooh, wowzers. I feel so old. <laughs> yeah. 2001 was 20 years ago. Yeah. What a wild time. It's alarming. Now, given that none of you have seen this before, what were you expecting going into it? Oh, you mean secret killer um, amongst your friends, possibly could be anyone could be someone, you know, something, something bad you did when you were younger, that's coming back to be, you know, yeah, um, (laughs) it was gonna be all that is what I thought it was. (laughs) And it was (laughs) always someone wearing a mask. Yes, always a mask and always because you did something when you were younger but i'm telling yeah. you don't be that person if anyone's listening and is in high school do you shouldn't be bullying anyone at this point but definitely don't do it definitely don't be this person for sure yeah and another thing to go back to the expected tropes why is there always something that comes back around and it's like masks it's always one of your friends and then a body bodily function in these movies yeah i'm confused on the body. i can't think of another example right yeah, now i was gonna say sorry i was like oh interesting <laughs> yeah i haven't heard of one either but you do need a calling card so i'm here for it yeah maybe i'm making a drawing a line where there are not two points to connect <laughs> but i do that sometimes okay the point of what i'm getting at is that there are like these exact same things that you're expecting from a killer movie in the early 2000s and definitely that's all i expected going into the same things alexis listed and oh that's what you get that is what you get 
Yeah, truly the title of this movie, super basic. We'd already seen Valentine's Day uh, a couple different times. So I was like, I was just expecting like some dude obsessed with a girl. Um, I was expecting there to be like low gore because this was before Saw. And, you know, I felt like it was going to have that like bad quality that those early, early 2000s, late 90s movies had. Um, and then as I was watching the opening credits and I saw the cast, I was like, Catherine Heigl, Denise Richards. And I was like, how do I not know about this already? Uh, so it, that skewed my expectations right off the jump. Yeah, there's actually surprisingly a star-studded cast for this. It's like, let's get all the hot people we can, try to capitalize off that momentum. Now, I will say this time around, I was definitely entertained. It's weird because in spite of this being a slasher, there's this really odd vibe of innocence to it. It's from that time right before we got slammed with brutality and torture in the early 2000s. It feels very much like simpler times to me. Yeah, Chris, I definitely agree with the that simpler times feeling. It It's... It's got that early 2000s, but not Saw 2000s, you know, that that feeling of just a group of people doing things and and we're going to make a movie about it. And some people are just going to get casually killed, like in their bedroom or in a hotel room. I don't know what it is, but the, it is just a simple feeling. And I definitely had that during this movie. Yeah, while I was watching this, I felt like I was watching a rom-com or like a medley of different rom-coms I'd seen from that same time. Uh, it had a lot of the same actresses that I'd recognized. Um, and there were just a lot of themes throughout that I was like, oh, this is sort of in a genre and in a, a universe of characters and, and actors and actresses that I, I really am familiar with. So I felt, I felt at home while watching this. Ooh, what a good feeling. I don't know. I saw Denise Richards and I saw this movie and I was like, am I watching Wild Things though? So yeah, I do have that familiarity like that you guys have. That's why I'm surprised I haven't watched this, but I was surprised how much it kept me entertained. Um, I think the kills are really well paced that it kept me going with the flow. I was actually surprised this time around how many layers there are to this movie, despite seeming on its surface level like it's a very generic slasher. Because it for sure does. It follows a formula. The storyline is there. It's what you expect. But if there's some like nuances in the dialogue and the dynamics between the characters, there's a lot of emphasis on how much women owe men. Spoiler alert, it's not a damn thing. They don't owe them shit. <laughs> but there's also a balancing of the scales where it's not just raking men over the coals. This movie does well to show you that there isn't a single drop of innocence in this movie, except for like one guy Catherine Heigl briefly bumps into in school. But what that does, though, it gives you a better, more realistic view of societal dynamics. And clearly at 11, I was too young to pick up on that shit. So it was a fun surprise this time around. I think I was actually surprised by the same thing because, okay, for me, asking me to watch I Know What You Did Last Summer is is a form of physical torture. And <laughs> going into this movie, I was like, oh, I'm I'm not prepared to sit through this. And I was actually surprised by how much I cared about the characters and what they were doing, because that's usually where I get lost in this. And here, I really did care. Um, they, they kept me into this movie for sure. And that was so surprising, because I was prepared to hate them all. What's really surprising is I didn't know that there were layers because I was just so focused <laughs> on the superficialness of this movie. And I was like, this is a good watch because it's so straightforward. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see, uh, both of you talk about all these dynamic layers and these characters because I just thought it was just generic <laughs> alexis i feel like you're totally right though it's very easy to enjoy this movie as like a surface level experience because it's so straightforward and like familiar but i was obviously surprised by the cast and how the fact that i've never heard of this and i hadn't already seen this but i was also surprised by 
the humor and how it seemed to get me in all the right ways. I usually like comedy and horror movies is very hit or miss for me, almost always miss. Uh, but this one had like that certain brand of like 2000s kind of like legally blonde miscongeniality, like 51st dates. No, not 51st dates. How to lose a guy in 10 days. Drop dead gorgeous. Drop dead gorgeous. It had a lot of those comedy beats in it that I found very enjoyable, which I was not expecting to laugh during this movie. Yeah, I mean, laughter is for sure a a result that I wasn't really expecting either time that I watched this movie. But another thing that that people tend to feel in these movies, right, is like sometimes there's a jump scare, sometimes there's a scary element of it. For me, the only thing that's frightening about this movie is its accurate depiction of toxic assholes who think the world owes them sex. Mm. But were any of you scared by by these, you know, early 2000 tactics? Has anyone ever been scared by early 2000 tactics? Someone in the early 2000s, probably. <laughs> I don't, the Grudge and the Ring were pretty Oh, yeah, actually. True, true. <laughs> How did we forget these? Because those are terrifying. Okay, but that's not the same as this genre, you know? Oh, so slashers during this time? No. No. No, I, I, maybe probably at the time if I watched it, you know, when I was 11, like Chris, but um, <laughs> no, it was not. It wasn't scary at all. <laughs> yeah, same. I felt suspense and tension at most, um, but never real true fear. Hold on, I do take that back, actually, though. The music was kind of terrifying in this. <laughs> in an ironic sense, or like you actually were spooked by it? No, in an ironic sense. Oh, okay. Like, this is uh, <laughs> horrible. <laughs> Damn, girl. I kind of like the soundtrack. I was like, I might find this somewhere and listen to it all the way through to see if it's worth keeping. You would. Are you trying to steal Chris's brand? Because that's what she does. You know, it's fine. We all adapt the, the good bits of each other, I think. I like that. I do like to steal bits from other people, so you're right. Oh, I love a soundtrack playlist no you did have to educate me on the twilight soundtrack oh my god one of the best soundtracks of all time okay so despite the lack of fear did you feel like this was different did it do something to define itself in a way that set itself apart from other slashers honestly i think it did because this movie as much as it is a slasher horror movie it's also very much a (laughs) rom-com and i don't (laughs) think i've ever seen another like romantic comedy horror movie that like balances it in this same way. You know what I mean? There's always like maybe some comedy, maybe like a forced romance, but never like something that if you took the horror elements out would have just been like its own movie. Tucker and Dale versus evil. (laughs) Very different. That was a rom-com though. It's heavy on the rom. For me, I think this movie is not original, although it does things that I've seen before differently, if that makes sense. But it doesn't stand out to me at all as original. But I also don't feel like it's exactly like the things I've seen similar to it before. Does that make any sense? Oh, yeah. Same, same, but different is what you said. Same, same, but different. Exactly. Yeah, I can ride on that train. This is obviously movie a movie that we've seen that's very similar to another movie, to another movie, to another movie during this time. But it, I don't know, it's just like Paris said, like there's this like weird, like comical, like satire that i'm getting that i don't think it's so overt that it's yeah tucker and dale but it does it in a way where you're like but is it funny or is this not and i kind of like that because i don't think you get that a lot in this sort of era in a horror i feel that i mean this movie seems distinct to me now based on what i picked up this time around but here's the thing ultimately if you've seen one revenge slasher you've seen just about all of them give or take a few exceptions And this one is not distinct enough to be one of those exceptions. Here's the reason why. The ending is not hard to predict. 
there are a lot of clues along the way. Uh, and the fact that it doesn't end at a certain spot already makes it very obvious that things aren't really over if you catch my drift. So I think it, it, it spoils itself and gets in its own way to reveal the identity of who done it. I didn't think that. But maybe I wasn't paying attention too hard. I was like, or did I say that, you Ryan? You literally said what happened in the movie before it happened. Oh, okay, then never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back, um, <laughs> during the movie, different viewing. <laughs> She's like, nah, I thought it was a super successful, original, unexpected ending. Meanwhile, we watched the movie and she's like, oh, this is about to happen. And it happened. <laughs> <laughs> I am the worst person to watch movies with, obviously. <laughs> I guess I'm the lone dumb bitch over here because while I considered the ending to be a possibility, it still surprised me twice. Oh. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> And I, I wasn't mad at all. I was like, this was satisfying. Because the whole time I was like, okay, it could be this person. It could be this person. I kind of want it to be this person. And then it, I hadn't considered the one person it was revealed to be. You got got twice? I got got twice by this ending. Oh, parents. I think this ending makes an effort to, like, I wouldn't say it's like a 100% predictable ending. But like, if you know Revenge Slashers, then you're, then you're ready for the gotcha. And, uh. I don't know. It wasn't very successful to me. It didn't really do it for me. And honestly, I also kind of don't fully understand how we got where we got, but I don't think I'm supposed to think about it that hard. That's part of my problem. I think it definitely could have been better. The One of the struggles they have is the person who's revealed to be the killer. They didn't have the greatest availability to shoot with them. So they had to add a lot of things and kind of like blur a few lines and try to balance some red herrings here and there. So they didn't get to fully do everything they want to do in terms of like setting up who the killer may be. So certainly the the end of the movie and the movie itself could have been a lot different had they gotten to do all the things they wanted to do. But we're not thinking about what may have been. We're thinking about what we got. And so we got to see how these scores shake out. Now, while we consider what our ratings may be, Alexis, how many people died in this movie? We had nine deaths in this movie. Classic slasher. Yeah, classic slasher. I wanted more. I always want more. <laughs> but an equally pressing question, how many animals died in this movie? Well, unlike Alexis, I don't always want more. And thankfully, I was finally given less this week because it feels like for the first time this year, I get to say our animal report is clean, chilling, nothing to report, nothing to even worry about, man. We are just watching a chill movie here. Nice. Cuddle up on Valentine's Day with your dog. And watch valentine yeah they won't be insulted that you're watching bad things on screen yeah there you go now let's go ahead and get into our ratings valentine from 2001 was it a hack or a slash it was a predictable movie obviously i predicted every scene before it happened but i still thought it was fun like ryan and i were watching it and we were like at least i was entertained i don't want to spoil how she felt i was entertained it was a good time I love the comedy that was sprinkled in, although it wasn't like so in your face. I love the cast. It, it was just an easy watch and it was entertaining. And I have to give it a slash based on that just because it's not a hack. Like it's a slash by default. It's a slash. It's a slash by default because I can't really think of anything besides I wish there was more gore. Well, Alexis, my default is different from yours. <laughs> and um, for me, this is a hack because I can't think of any reason to slash it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. It's like completely opposite. But we both said the same comments while we were watching the movie. Yeah, so true. And I'm going to repeat a lot of the same things. Like, this is like fairly entertaining. This is not the torture that is watching. I know what you did last summer, right? We don't have Freddie Prince Jr. in this movie. Okay, that's a win already. No cast from Scooby-Doo. But it also just, you know, the ending, I'm kind of just like, 
what? Why are we even here? Not that it doesn't make sense, but it's just like, kind of what's the point is kind of how I felt. Um, so I've, I found it fairly entertaining. If this was someone's favorite movie, I would kind of question them. But if someone was like, hey, man, I watched Valentine last night, I wouldn't be like, what the heck is wrong with you? I'm kind of would. I'd be like, why'd you pick that movie out of all of them? <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, this is the kind of thing I think if it's on TV, you watch it. But um, for me, it's a hack. Mm, it sounds like Ryan and Alexis just pulled a Paris and Chris. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. We're like you said before, same, same, but different. <laughs> Well, I will happily pull a Paris and I'm going to slash the shit out of this movie. <laughs> yes. What? I loved watching this so much. I was mad as hell that I've only just now seen this. Um, it reminded me of like several of my like all time favorite movies ever. Like not horror movies, just movies I love like Legally Blonde, um, Miss Congeniality, like any of those like 2000s rom-coms where it's just like all about girls doing shit i could watch that for hours i could have watched this movie for hours i wish it was longer um denise richards in this was like so stunning and not acting at all and i feel like something about that is timeless she was literally in her own movie i just want to throw that out there she She had a different movie on screen she absolutely was and i think that's iconic i also think it was probably a better movie hers was better yes the comedy was good the kills were fun like some of them i think were like actually kind of gross Um, Some of them were so stupid. It was great. And I just really loved this movie. If you're somebody who likes these kinds of movies that I'm talking about, and you also like horror movies, I want you to know that this exists and you should watch it immediately. Um, Because this is now one of my probably top 25 favorite horror movies. Top five slashers for sure. Nice. That's a lot of high praise from Paris. This is so on brand for me. This feels like it was handcrafted for what I like. I wasn't (laughs) sure about where Paris would fall because I felt like there's a lot in here that he would like. I knew he would love Denise Richards' character, (laughs) but then I was like, hmm. But have I gone so far on the Paris scale that I'm right back around to the beginning of the scale where he hates it? (laughs) Well, this movie's like aged into camp very gracefully. Like some of it's still relevant and then some of it's like so out there now that it's it's camp. Well, Paris, I'm happy to know that at least your heart was fulfilled by this movie. This movie is not groundbreaking by any means, but it's definitely an easy watch. And there are a few moments where I think it demands a little bit more trust from the audience or a little more suspension of disbelief that it's actually earned. But it didn't stop it from being fun for me. And I expected it to be like a super bland experience on a second watch, but Really, truly, pleasantly surprised by the little bit of depth you get in the dynamics between characters. So it's a fucking slash. Woo. Wow. But Ryan, I feel like it's important that this movie doesn't make it into the Universal Slash Club. We've been a little loose with those this year. <laughs> and this is not for everybody. That's that's fair to say. I agree. I'm happy to uh, level the stat field Yeah, for you're us. keeping us grounded here. You guys are too nice. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, we may be a little bit too nice, uh, but there are three happy hearts and slashes for Valentine and only one broken heart with a hack. You can find this movie available online. Uh, we have found it available for rent. Go ahead, check it out. Join us in the second half because we have so much to talk about when it comes to Denise Richards. See you in a bit. Denise Richards' non-acting acting classes. Act like you're acting without acting at all. Never let them see you try. Never let them see you sweat. Never let them see you do anything. Go on, girl, give us nothing. Show them you've got the most by doing the least. Stay unbothered while your best friends are slaughtered. Denise Richards' non-acting acting classes. It's like acting, but not.
Welcome back, folks. You are now entering the spoiler zone for the 2001 slasher, Valentine. Now, that one has earned three slashes in one hack, which is a little bit surprising. We have a lot to unpack here, but before we get into the specifics of our ratings, we do have the gore to get to. Early 2000s, so, you know, may not be satisfying to the gore lover, but let's see. Alexis, what's the gore score? I gave this a medium score just because the stuff you do see and like the antics around it are pretty gory. But unfortunately, just uh, I'll talk about it in the gore, you know, but a lot of this is off screen, which was just kind of, you know, not my cup of tea. You know, I like that full on gore. So I don't have to turn my head, but I felt like, yep, this is one of those things where I'm going to see it. And then you don't. And it was disappointing for sure. At one point you were like, watch, this is going to happen off screen. And it was the one time that it didn't. You were like, oh, wow. Oh yeah. The kill with Denise Richards. That was the one where I was like, they're not going to show it. They haven't shown anything. And bam. I mean, you don't really see much, but you kind of see more than the others. More than the others. Mm -hmm. So I know there's only nine kills in this movie, but I know there's probably a favorite amongst everyone or just I feel like everyone might like the same thing. So I'm going to let everyone go first before I say mine. I'd like to get this one out of the way, if that's okay, because it's actually going to be the one that was my least favorite kill in terms of I didn't want to see it happen because I really liked the character. And that was Paige. Yes. It was Denise Richards. Yes. I have a few points about her character later because I really want to go into just her whole vibe that she had, but she certainly had the most dramatic and theatrical death. Chris, that was also my least favorite death because earlier in the movie, there's a comment made like, oh, I'd rather be boiled alive. And I was like, okay, somebody's getting boiled alive. Duh. I didn't even notice. Yeah. So like like the moment they said that, I kept repeating that because I was like, that's just a hilarious response to, do you want to dance with me? <laughs> I'd rather be boiled alive. But the whole time I was like, okay, it's going to happen. And then they set up the hot tub and I was like, here it is. And then like the killer locks her in the hot tub. And I was like, here he goes. He's going to crank it up to boiler. Wait, what is he doing with that drill? Huh? What? And so it took a, a turn I didn't see coming. And I was like, just boil her. This guy was for sure just winging it as he was going. He's like, I'm going to suffocate her. Oh, I'm going to drill a hole and see if I can hit her. Then I'm just going to fucking electrocute her because I don't know what else to do. Yeah. <laughs> so my favorite kill is Gary getting whopped with the iron. Because why wouldn't it be? There's nothing better <laughs> really than that. Yeah, I did. That was mine. So I'm glad I waited till well, almost the end. But yeah, I like it because there was that buildup when we were watching it. We were, you know, there's this, she kept it on, she kept it off. And I was just, you know, there's this buildup on that certain item that I'm like, I'm sure it's going to happen. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that and the hot tub, maybe there's, I, I didn't quite pick up on all those things while we were watching it, but you're right. There's like 15 scenes where they show the iron. And, and evidently several scenes hinting at the boiling death. So that's really interesting. That one just like satisfied me, you know, like a good face burn. Can't be mad at that. You right. <laughs> I got to say mine goes to Lily for a few reasons. One, Jessica Caulfield plays Elle Woods' best friend in Legally Blonde. She just plays like a really hot idiot. So seeing her in like a, a role where she actually, like, you know, has substance was a lot of fun. But I couldn't unsee that character from Legally Blonde. But seeing her go through that maze and then get shot three times with like the Cupid arrows, I don't know why, but I'm a sucker for an archery related kill. But what really made it the best for me is when she was shot with the third one, fell over the railing and just landed in a dumpster. 
That was very funny to me because I did not see it coming. I was like, and then she just landed in the trash and the trash closed. Okay. You know what's even more hilarious to that? She actually got injured so many times filming that shit. Oh, no. Did they really drop her into the dumpster? Yeah, they really did. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, she got it. She was wearing like a bulletproof vest and it was just hilarious because uh, the arrows kept knocking the wind out of her and she got like bruises oh on her back. And That's insane. Why would they do that to her? You know, I'm a fan of hearing how people got fucked up on set. Paris, that's a scene that really stood out to me too, because like, you know, dying is one thing. You know, obviously we're watching a movie, but like the idea of dying, that's one thing to 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 wrestle with. Dying to a bow and arrow is I'm not really sure something that I would be prepared for because I feel like you don't die instantly. I feel like you get some time to really look at your wound and just consider that someone <laughs> killed you with a bow and arrow for a while. As we saw in wrong turn, that is 100% true. I know. And that was my favorite kill then, too. <laughs> it, it is fun. So going along with deaths in the gore, you know. So Paris, I know you said like, there are certain parts where you picked up like, you know, the foreshadowing of these deaths. And I thought it was really cool. So except for Dorothy or Kate, the um, order Jeremy talks to the girls in that beginning scene is actually the order they're killed in. Ooh. Yeah. And when he asks each girl and they state each like a mean comment after that kind of foreshadows each of their fates, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Petty is as petty does. Hmm. Can you imagine someone holding on to something like that and then waiting, you know, this many years and being like, remember that one thing you said to me? Oh, shit. Yes, no. I can. Well, I know mine would be like something like very perverted, so I would not like. <laughs> oh, God, Alexis. Have you turned someone down at the sixth grade dance before? <laughs> no, I haven't. Usually, I'm the person that's like, let's go on the dance floor. Or I was never allowed to go. Uh, okay. You would have danced with Jeremy. I would have danced with Jeremy. I would have. I wouldn't have had this issue because I didn't go to any dances. <laughs> I'm actually like the type of person that I live my life assuming that people are holding on to something that I don't even remember doing. When I was in some grade school, even though I feel that wow. I was a nice person. You probably should go to yeah, yeah, some I sort should. of counseling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I am a, a run from my past type of person, even when there's nothing to run from, let me tell you. I don't know about y'all, but I was always like very nice to people in high school, especially the people that were like outcasts, sort of. Like, one, because, like, they needed it, and two, because, like, I didn't want to be on any kind of list, you know? I'm like, just show somebody human decency, and they're they're not going to kill you if they're going to kill people. I completely agree. So, yeah, one of my disappointments was there wasn't a lot of death scenes straight on, and um, I know Ryan and I were both mentioning that when we were watching the movie. That was due to there's several death scenes that had to be trimmed post-production just to secure the um, rated R rating, oh. including a shot of Catherine Heigl's throat being slit and cut to a profile shot instead, which I would have loved to have seen. I feel like that would have been an awesome shot yeah. to just start the movie off, you know? And you can you can have your off-screen kills, like whatever you want to do, but I think that would have been great. Blanks is disappointed as his hopes for this like 80s slasher style meant you'd get better spill, some more blood. So Village and Warner Brothers had to, had him trim several of the kills to get that rating and was awarded the rated R rating that you see now. Um, the argument was that they felt uncomfortable with releasing so much gore right after um, Columbine, mm. which I could totally understand. So with that said, I understand where it's coming from. Still disappointed that um, we didn't get more full on gore. Yeah, I gotta agree. Like, there is a disappointment about the gore and it's interesting how the world at certain times will impact things like movies like you you wouldn't normally expect this to be impacted by uh columbine or something like that happening but 
it does. And also it makes this movie not kind of age as well to me in a way that I'm expecting more gore and I would really like more gore and they're kind of limited by the times that they made it. So it's interesting. But for me, something that's like gore adjacent that really stood out here that is sitting with me as we are going into Valentine's Day was the maggot candy. Yes, the maggot candy. So Mm, very gross. Interesting enough, that was inspired by um, a childhood incident involving Don Coscarelli. So he saw his father eating a candy bar in the dark, and then all of a sudden he's, his dad started spitting it out, and it was just like loaded with ants. So oh. can you imagine? That was so crazy. But yeah, that was a really, ugh, I just don't like things squirming like that. Mm-mm. Yeah. So actually ants would would ruin me more, because ant, I don't know what it is. Ants give me hard to get. the ultimate heebie-jeebies. Oh yeah, at work, we have an infestation, so I would be typing, and they would be crawling over my hands and oh. shit. It was the worst thing ever. Yeah, I'm. I I will not eat a candy that has in it that comes in the shape of a heart this year. It won't happen. <laughs> I'm gonna send you a heart shaped chocolate chip cookie. I'll take the cookie and also chocolates that are in a different shaped box that don't have a cute saying on the front and like Snoopy. But but not <laughs> not the two things mixed together. <laughs> You'll eat her cookies, but not mine. I eat your cookies all the time. Okay. Okay. While we were watching this and during the maggot scene, I just want you guys all to know. Alexis goes, maggots are good protein. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's my uh, meal prep, calorie counting, <laughs> macro counting. Yeah, it's not okay. coming out. <laughs> it is good, though. I'm just saying, like, if you get, if you're in a predicament where you need protein real bad. Okay, Bear grills. Yeah. <laughs> I'll drink water. You're going to drink your own piss, too? Yes, no, thank you on that. Well, you just lift up a log. I mean, I'm just saying if you're, like, out in the wilderness or something. Slimy, yet satisfying. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very good. Lion King, come on. Wilderness tips with Alexis. <laughs> I know the gore was pretty light in this movie, but for me, part of what made it passable was that like, it's been 20 years since this movie came out, so we know so many of these actresses from other things. So I feel like just, like, watching Katherine Heigl get her throat slit was more impactful than, like, watching anyone else get their throat slit, but they showed more of the blood. You know what I mean? Like, Denise Richards has been on Beverly Hills Housewives this past season, and seeing everything she's gone through in that, and then watching her get electrocuted in a hot tub really changes it for me. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I have not seen... Denise Richards in anything recently. She still looks gorgeous, and she's absolutely out of her uh, mind, and I love it. I would say not. Uh, I think she's attractive. I think she's attractive, but I think she, at this point, like today, had one more facial surgery than she needed. Oh. Haven't we all had one more than we needed? <laughs> Someone said, why does everyone want to look like a bike seat? And it kind of ruined my life. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I think outside of the gore... Something that's always tangential to the gore is the killer and the look of the killer himself. And I gotta say, I'm actually a big fan of the mask and coat combo. It looks like a very dapper killer, in my opinion. Love a fucked up cherub face. And it's one of the things that really stood the test of time in my memories from this movie. When I would think about it, I'd think of David Boreanaz, Denise Richards, and then the Cupid in the coat. Yeah, but also at the same time, my immediate reaction when we first see it, which is at the dance, was... Why is someone wearing a mask? That's clearly going to be the killer's mask for the rest of the movie. Oh, absolutely. It was right there. And I was like, okay, that actually made me think a lot of different things were possible because I was like, maybe the killer is the person that was wearing the mask at the dance and saw everything happen. But I went too far. No, you went as far as the CW would want you to go. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Pretty Little Liars has trained me well. I mean, 
I truly do think that Denise Richards is gorgeous and never more so than in this movie. The entire time just watching her face move and not move was fully satisfying to me visually. Um, but I did also really love the maze scene. I like that it was kind of just this like douchey artist's installation. And then it kind of became a really interesting set for a kill, which I liked. I didn't need to see those boobs on the se- on the screen, though. Okay. Yeah, you, you could have seen the boobs, but I didn't need to see the crooked teeth. Oh, yeah. In like the giant screen. Uh, yeah. Everybody's mouths in the maze were like kind of uncomfortable. Like there's a thing when you have a phobia of like mouth noises. Mm. And this wasn't noises, but an up close mouth is uncomfortable. Also, fuck that artist and his heteronormative bullshit. Not with building a maze that's not accounting for the gays at all. Oh, yeah. And it was totally just binary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of the scene specifically, but um, there's a few shots where you have um, the killer, Cupid, wh- whichever we want to call him, um, is in the background of a shot um, with the character in the forefront, which I always thought was really cool. Um, it kind of reminded me, and I think he was backlit a little bit with red, so I thought that was cool. It reminds me of your guys' setup, uh, Paris and Chris. So it was like so creepy, uh, specifically Chris's with um, Michael Myers accidentally hanging on the back of the door <laughs> also remnant of the silhouette challenge on tiktok yes very 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 yeah for me my favorite visual element and it's actually one of my favorite scenes overall as well was campbell's kill and well the death of campbell in the basement it was kind of a predictable scene i think it was quite obvious that as he went down there he was going to be followed but it was such a uh, you know, creepy background type of scene, like you were mentioning, Alexis. And then when he actually dies, it, it's a, it's slightly unexpected the way it happens. He kind of like falls into his death. And I, it was just something that it's really nice to watch as it happens. And then the death was also really good too. So that's my favorite visual element and my favorite scene. It's also great because he's backstabbing. Ooh, true. <laughs> I just have like a side question about that. Have you ever lit a pilot light? And is that something I'll ever have to do? Or have we like evolved technology past that? Truly never. Pilot lights exist on stoves, like gas stoves. I've seen it on a stove. I've done it on a stove. But yeah, like, I don't, really I don't ever think... want to go into like a spooky cellar and like light a match on a gas thing. Because what if it explodes? I don't I think like... gas. Yeah, I was gonna say it is a thing. Don't buy a house like that. It's a thing, but I don't think people really use gas water heaters anymore. It would be electric. Wait, can we talk about saunas? I thought for sure that bitch was going to get killed in the sauna. I was upset. Also, who runs into a sauna, which never has more than one entrance and exit? It's (laughs) always one way out. Famously, only the one entrance. Yeah, we did say that. (laughs) It's like part of the design is it's a bunch of chairs. There's nowhere to hide. There's nothing in there. It's empty and hot. Like, why are you in there? I don't think that one was on, though. No, 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 it wasn't. But, you know, in general, generally speaking, you see a sauna, you don't go into it unless you're ready. I thought he was going to close it and turn it on. Yeah. yeah. But it would have been off brand. He couldn't have because, you know, she wasn't the one to boil alive. Very true. Very true. Nobody was the one to boil alive. <laughs> <laughs> he had to take his chance for the yeah. Richard. He, he's like, oh, I gotta save he it. He shot his shot. They had to leave you hanging, Paris. My favorite scene um, was, I mean, I love this whole Catherine Heigl because no one knew she was in this movie. Isn't all Catherine Heigl great? Yes, she is. She's just dearly. I actually love Catherine Heigl, even though I hear that she's toxic, but I think it's because she's a woman who stands up for herself and speaks her mind. I didn't want to know that. I was like, she seems like this sweet, sweet soul. She has a terrible reputation. But again, I wonder how much of that is people hating on her. But not so terrible that she's been blackballed, so it can't be that bad. Yeah. So here we go. I believe in it. I believe in the positivity of Catherine Heigl. Yeah, there is that. I just love the um, atmosphere that first scene builds. Um, 
because you're like, what's going on? And then she clearly knows like someone's there. But it's 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 awesome. My favorite specific scene is when they're going through the morgue. In that whole scene specifically, um, I love when you have the killer and you have all the the bodies out laid out. And I was like thinking, is this real? And I've actually heard from someone who has been in a morgue before that they are lined up like that. They're just chilling until I guess you, you they have time to go back and work on <laughs> them, which I think is so creepy. So they're actually lined up like that. And I really didn't think he'd take the time to stab everyone, but I was like, oh, wow. So it just built up a lot of tension for me. Bro, think about how sad it is for those other bodies that didn't do anything to this man when he was in elementary school. Just getting poked. <laughs> You're like, damn, my soul is just trying to go to heaven, and now I'm stuck here in purgatory. I think the soul is already gone. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what you believe in, I think yeah. the soul already left the body. <laughs> so actually, that's my favorite scene, too, and it's because it stands out to me in a sense of like it being a little tiny bit spooky, a dash of funny, and then ultimately memorable, right? A few points there. Uh, the feet are covered up on the corpse when she returns back to the room. And so it's like, okay, I know obviously this is the killer on the table because they made a big deal of showing that the feet were uncovered previously. But the logistics of this scenario, the killer got naked, got on the table, and maybe didn't get naked, but at least has their midriff adrift. Happens to be very gray. How would the killer's stomach be so pale? Yeah. Did they just bring some spray paint to make it look like they're a corpse? It's very elaborate. Also, can you imagine trying to lean a dead body in a closet? Have you ever had a really full closet and you're trying to, like, stuff it and get the door shut? No. That's my closet right now. Imagine a dead body leaning against the door. Also, the stabbing of the bodies. I think it's hilarious that he starts out unzipping everyone and then realizes how much time it's going to take. So you just start stabbing. Yeah. yeah. Also, one more, like, creepy tidbit that I've heard about morgues before. Sometimes the bodies are just, like, they're waiting for people to, like, identify them. Like, they're just mm-hmm. chilling. Like, that's their home for a little while. That's sad. It's sad, but... Man. It'd be that way sometimes. It reminds me of TPU in the military, where it's like a, a transitionary, like pl- a temporary placement unit where you leave one command and you don't really know where you're going to go. Like maybe you're being medically removed from one place to another. And they just put you in a building and they just like give you a fake job and you just stand there hoping someone wants you one day. You just vibing. It's like the misfit toys of the oh, military. Huh. That's so sad. <laughs> Just vibing for a little bit. It was the easiest job in my life for like three weeks. Speaking of easy jobs, my favorite scene in this movie had to be when Denise Richards tied that douche to the bed and burned his penis with hot wax. Oh my God. Listen, you don't get tied up on the first date, okay? <laughs> you just don't. I loved all her antics. Like, I forgot what she had said to the cop too. The line she said to the cop, but that was awesome. She was like, take your hand off my thighs like well where would you like me to put it she said how about up your ass yes exactly yes that was diamond (laughs) but i mean paris he did deserve everything he got for saying wax it oh my god i know i was like smack him in the face yeah who uses i so i'm glad we're talking about Paige here because i just gotta take a moment she's the one who stood out to me the most this time around and look she's got her issues for sure. Seems like the girl who was super bitchy and probably was like the ringleader of the bitchiness and cattiness in her youth. But in present day, she seemed to be the most self-assured and unafraid to call men out on their bullshit. For sure. Uh, she got crap from her friends for being beautiful. Relatable. She was assertive with guys that she found attractive. And that was about it. But they made pretty shitty comments to her about her body. And okay, so she tells her friend Kate, yeah, he put his hand on my thigh. And then she's like, well, did you ask for it? Kate, you're an asshole, and I'm no longer rooting for you in your survival. Mm. 
On top of that, she's the only one to really acknowledge how horrible they were to Jeremy as a kid. It feels like she grew up the most and has dealt with some bullshit while everyone else is off in their own world. Yeah. And she was just very like doing her own thing, but not dragging other people around. Yeah. He put his hand on my thigh. Like it is what it is. Like I don't care about that. I shut that down immediately. We don't have to worry about that anymore. I'm moving on with my life. She's evolved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not in a way that is detrimental. I loved her because she was just like a good friend, too. Like, they were all having problems, and she was like giving them good advice and being like, listen, men are garbage. What what can we do? We're just gonna, we can just have fun and, and live with it. So I feel like she was like a fun friend. And yeah, Chris, you just made me like her even more. She's a good person. She deserved, I think, to be the final girl. Oh my God. I was mad that she wasn't the final girl. Yeah. And like, here's the thing. She would have been, I think, one of the more original ones because you wouldn't expect her to be. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely expected her to be. Right. You'd expect her to be like the hot one who gets killed, whatever. But I think she was the more interesting of all the friends. See, I did the opposite. I was just like, oh, yeah, she's definitely the main girl or she's good. She's the final girl. And then she got killed. And I was like, oh, I guess she was the hot one. Yeah, she was the most interesting. But actually, like, I was pretty disappointed by her death. It was like the lead up was good, like the whole hot tub and everything. And then once the actual kill happened, I was just kind of like, eh, well, I guess I would have rather her just steamed in the hot tub like some crab legs, to be honest with you. So while Paige was like such a great character, totally in her own movie, like truly, honestly, almost had nothing to do with the rest of these characters. Dorothy was the worst. Yeah, I thought she was super annoying too. I just put, I'd kill Dorothy too, question mark. (laughs) (laughs) And also written just above that is, I'm sorry, a Rolex? This man is useless. He don't deserve nothing. This guy you met in yoga have known for one month. Yeah, I know, right? Speaking of Paige and Campbell, can we, they proposed a really interesting concept, which was letting someone into your pants versus letting them into your home. And like, which of those is more intimate and dramatic oh ooh, home home is more intimate we all agreed yes i completely agree in their case yes in my case the two are the same no one's getting in either unless i really love (laughs) i don't have to love someone for the other but (laughs) it's a theoretical a theoretical question right like definitely you can have flings with people but when you put someone in your home you're opening up yourself to a lot of vulnerability and if you let paris into your home he's gonna snoop everywhere exactly absolutely especially if i live with you oh my god i don't think anyone here but if any of our listeners have listened to the podcast dirty john it's literally this movie is the beginning of that love story which is they met and went on one date and then basically moved in so uh be careful who you meet in yoga and bring to your house (laughs) or anywhere The good thing is that no one has internet ventures now. They just have Silicon Valley startups. Yeah, yeah, very true. You're not going to get scammed making up your own internet service. (laughs) (laughs) I thought the biggest sleazeball on this, um, in this movie was uh, Max. So it's the the artist or whatever who was yeah yeah, he was trashy and then he set up a threesome like that i was like are you joking me right now with lily oh that was funny i forgot about that yeah yeah i didn't find him to be the most sleazeball because he seemed to be the most upfront about who he was he was the most upfront still sleaze okay so you're telling me what i'm saying is that max in comparison to the serial killer the guy who talks about himself in the third person and the guy who's scamming his girlfriend 
and the cop who made a sexual advance on someone who's work he's working on a case with. I think Max was the least of anyone's everyone's problems. He was just like your typical shitty dude, whereas the other ones were like heightened forms of shitty dudes. That's a good point. Yes. And most importantly, we got the best quote, which is, you're really at home in this outfit. That's such a good compliment. Which is a compliment, but also I would have to think about it for a few minutes. I would just be like, at home? If somebody said that to me, I'd either be like, are you saying I look comfortable? Rude. Do I look warm and cozy? <laughs> Which is also kind of a compliment. It's a very, there's a lot of layers. You look, I look like I've been wearing this all day. <laughs> I look like this is what I threw on three days in a row and it kind of stinks. Wow. Another line that I loved was when the girls are on their way into speed dating. Denise is talking about Adam and how shitty of a boyfriend he is. And he's like, relationships don't make U-turns. And Adam is a drunk. And the way she just matter-of-factly says that her best friend's boyfriend is a drunk to her face. I'm just like, this is a good friend telling you what you need to hear. Literally, can you imagine ever to anyone in this world saying so-and-so is a drunk? (laughs) Never? (laughs) Ever. But if you were dating a drunk, I would want to tell you. I think I've said works about Alexis's ex-boyfriend. Yes. And it was very deserving, too. But not while a person still cares about somebody, you know? Like, while somebody still cares about someone to say, hey, they're a drunk. Like, holy tits. No, it was like, it's the slow, it's the grooming that you need for to get rid of the dude. The priming, maybe? Paige was not about the priming. She was on it. She was ready. First coat of paint on. No priming. (laughs) I feel like the maid was an underrated character. Oh, yes. Really? She just showed up. Well, listen, when Dorothy gets home and you realize like, oh, she's rich and there's a maid, you kind of just like see a shot of the maid in the background and then the door rings and Dorothy looks to the maid who's like way further away from the door and the maid just kind of gives her a look like, bitch, the door's right there. And that really made me laugh. And if you can make me laugh without saying anything, you've done a good job. She served some looks and they were great. The The last little bit I have here, this guy, David Boreanaz, as Adam, have you ever heard anything more toxic than... You're the only good thing in my life. Oh, God. All these other people, they can die as far as I care. <laughs> That's codependence. If you ever have someone who says to you, you're the only good thing in my life, leave them now. Mm. Because they are going to dig their claws in you further, and it's not a healthy relationship to be in. The only caveat would be if they're working towards making the other things better. But that's rarely the case when they say something like that. Yeah. So just to confirm, for the sake of clarity, he was the killer. Yes, he absolutely was. Yeah. From middle school. He was Jeremy Melton. Plastic surgery. Gotcha. Okay. She end up with a mask on. Okay. So there's a deleted scene because they didn't want it to be revealed so soon in the movie that he's the killer. But there is a deleted scene of him knocking out Dorothy. When the killer allegedly attacks Kate for the last time and they tumble down the stairs. The killer is just kind of running, right? Like disoriented. And when the mask gets pulled off of Dorothy, she has like a bruise. So she got punched Mm. and knocked out. Ah, she did have that. That didn't occur to me though. I was like, oh shit, it was her. Yeah, it was him the whole time. Because they they fully duped me. Hmm. You know, I just didn't really like care for... You know, him being the killer. I don't know. Mm. I just feel like with that, with him being the killer, they had to do something different than just be like, oh, it was him because it's almost the most obvious thing. So with the fake out of it being Dorothy, I really was like, oh, shit, it was Dorothy. Well, she had just given that like, quote unquote, fat girl monologue. And I was like, okay, that can kind of, I see how that could be true. And then just as I'm like coming to terms with that, I'm like, oh, wait, it's not. Oh, yeah. Wait, it is the guy who it was pointed to the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. So the fake out did get me. 
Yeah, you're so easy. It was so obvious. <laughs> but that actually is is the worst part of the movie for me. Not the red herring of Dorothy, but just the transparency of Adam being the killer. When you have Gary finally killed, he's only killed after Kate mentions that Gary was talking to her, to her again. And then as soon as they cut to another scene, David Boreanaz is outside the building. There are little things like that all throughout the movie where it just becomes increasingly obvious that he's the guy. That's weird. I didn't notice that. I was like, it wasn't completely obvious till like towards the end for me. It's also like he's the only one who doesn't seem shitty. Yeah, exactly. He has a substance problem that it seems like he's working on and trying to be better. He's like charming. He's the only one who's not glaringly, obviously trash. Hence, he has to be the killer. Interesting. See, I was also the whole time thinking it was Jason from the very first date with Katherine Heigl. Because at first I thought it was a throwaway character, but then he like showed up at the at the art party. And I was like, oh, they're keeping him around. Maybe he's the killer. But I was wrong. But aren't we just so sad we didn't get more Katherine Heigl? I am sad. In the same way that we didn't get enough Drew Barrymore in Scream. Yep, exactly. Since, obviously, I hacked this movie, I'll go for my best part, which is something we've already talked about in depth in its page she's the best part of this whole movie and um as far as these characters and what they do and how much i care about them i would say she kept me roped in the whole time her her interactions with everyone else are the best part of this movie honestly the way denise played that character probably didn't work at the time but kind of works now so i feel like you're right ryan she totally kept it grounded like something about the way she didn't really perform at all made it kind of timeless because not performing looks the same always maybe i don't know does that make sense it does make sense and i agree with you the worst part for me and i mentioned it before is the lack of like deaths you actually see like even denise's it's kind of just you know okay if you're gonna show it make it like so grotesque that you look away kind of i thought that would have been cool just to have that that's the only thing really that i would really say was the worst part for me trying to see that juicy blood baby yeah i mean like it 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 has the potential to be really graphic but then i feel like they did it too much maybe it would be too on the nose for certain things like the arrow thing i was like come on which but i thought was funny i just wish they played on some of it more i hope that somewhere out there there's a unrated version of this that has all the deleted scenes you were talking about and all like the extended kills chris is shaking her head this doesn't exist no, the fans have asked for it, and Warner Brothers is not interested in doing it. Ugh, rude. Warner Brothers, I can't tell you. They're just ruining horror movies. Honestly, the only negative that I wrote while taking notes for this movie was just, I wrote Jason the douche, because referring to yourself in the third person has never been cool. I don't know whoever said that was. Ugh. Have you guys ever like met somebody that actually did this? Because I've never seen anyone do this. Never. No, but it was disgusting. And also, it was just like, the things he was saying in the third person were also just disgusting and ugh. Yeah, such a tool. But I feel like he did his job. With that being said, I really like all the perspectives that you guys have brought. Like, you were pointing out some things that I hadn't even noticed myself, so I will obviously be rewatching this movie probably soon. Maybe for Valentine's Day. It's just a light, fun ride. It's such a perfect, like, background horror movie. I like that. That perfectly describes if I had, if I were to watch this again, it'd probably be within the f- next few weeks. Plus, I want to see, like, all these tidbits that you guys mentioned that I feel like I skipped because I was talking Ryan's ear off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never watching this again. I can say that confidently. I wouldn't be mad if someone put it on. If Alexis wanted to talk over it some more to me while we hung out, I wouldn't be mad. But I'm not going to put it on, as always. Mm, I'd watch it as a double feature with Valentine's Day from 2010. Yeah, I'd do that. Just shoot. 
That's okay. I know I'm alone in that. But uh, we, we've obviously talked a lot here, and I know that I am not programmed as well as the good Android Mac, but in his absence, I have some bits of trivia for you for fact or fiction. Number one, David Boreanaz wanted to play the killer beneath the mask, but since they only had about two weeks of film with him, that made things tricky. To compromise, he was able to play the killer for Ruthie and Paige. I'm going to say fiction on account of, I think you did this like Mac and one of those details is wrong. I know, Chris is pretty straightforward. She doesn't try to like get us on this. So I'm going to say fact. I'm with Ryan. This feels fictional. I don't think that last part is real. I feel like at no point did he ever get to play the killer because he was just too busy, apparently. Well, yeah, it is fiction. Uh, The killer beneath the mask was played by stuntman Marshall Virtue. We see you, Marshall. David was much too buff and bulky to be playing that killer. That's a good point. Number two. While not considered to be among the most memorable slashers, this movie's origin story for Jeremy Melton did lend itself as inspiration for Pretty Little Liars, specifically the season five finale, Dollhouse Prom. Fiction, I don't know. Fact. I'm going to say fiction. Chris is just a big Pretty Little Liars fan. (laughs) So it is fiction. It's not true. But it's grounded in a little bit of reality because it is a fun fan theory I found online. I see it. It's plausible. I have a link. I'll drop it in the show notes. Number three, this may give you the vibe of 90s slashers, and it actually very nearly had another familiar face from when we've covered on this show. I'm so sorry, Ryan. Paige was originally supposed to be played by Jennifer Love Hewitt. Uh, I would agree with this, so I'm going to say fact. And I just because I've been saying everything's fact all night, and it hasn't been right. (laughs) (laughs) It feels so true because... I could see her in this movie, but I want to say fiction and pray that it was wrong. I am also going to say fiction. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt did later go on to play a character named Paige in another fantastic movie called Heartbreakers. Well, I'm so sorry. It is totally a fact. (gasps) I hate it. Why do you hate her so much? Let's take things further with Paige. Denise Richards was actually cast in this movie without an audition. Ooh, fact. Fiction. Fact. Ryan, we're on the same page tonight. I feel like they were just like, oh, it's Denise Richards. There's a bathing suit scene. She's a babe. That's a fact. All right, well, let's go on to number five. Despite the discomfort she's able to exude in the turbo dating scene, Marley Shelton, who plays Kate, has stated her experience cracking jokes with Denise Richards made it the most enjoyable scene to film. Ooh, fiction. Doesn't seem like a joke cracker. Fiction. I'm going to say yes, because I just looked it up, and Marley Shelton is an Aries, which is very compatible with Aquarius, which is Denise Richards, so they probably had a blast filming. Oh my god. I love the lengths you go to for this research. (laughs) However, it is fiction, and here's why. Marley Shelton was actually wearing a wool scarf during this scene, but it was made out of synthetic wool. And unfortunately, this was the time in her life when she discovered she's allergic to it. So the scene was actually terribly agonizing to film. Wow. I feel like that fact could have been a harder fiction to predict. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. But I'm going to give you a little bonus one here. Jessica Cofield, who portrayed Lily, had a great time filming with Johnny Whitworth, who played the shitty Max that Alexis disliked so much. Not only was she not exhausted by their kissing scenes, she actually described him as a great kisser. Hmm. Fact, probably. I'm going to go with you, Alexis. We'll go fact. I'm also going to go with fact. She seems like she's, I don't know, having fun. Lucy Goosey. Oh, no. (laughs) I just been enjoying herself. (laughs) But that too. Well, there you go. She did actually have a lot of fun. That is 100% a fact. So, Johnny Whitworth, I guess you're a great kisser, man. Not that any of us will ever know. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. Valentine, in all its glory, has earned three slashes and one hack. Now, while we've certainly had a lot to talk about here, and we've had some surprising discoveries with perhaps Paris liking this movie, 
It doesn't end here by any means, so we want to know what you think. We want to know if this movie broke your heart. Keep in mind there are a number of ways you can reach out to us, starting with our website, hackerslash.com. And on our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you've also seen this movie and you're afraid to eat chocolates now because of it, you can reach out to our hackerslash hotline. You can leave us a voicemail at 757-606-0128 or visit hackerslash.com slash contact. However, if you prefer to send us an email valentine, you can send us one at feedback at hackerslash.com. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode and want to be our valentine, consider becoming one of our patrons. You can visit patreon.com slash hacker slash to earn cool perks for as low as $1 a month. We'll see you next time, folks. And remember, relationships don't make U-turns. Bye. Bye.